Welcome to part three of Health System CIO's interview with Nick Szymanski, CIO at Richmond University Medical Center. In this segment, he talks about what leaders can do to build credibility with their teams, how he has benefited from his background in finance and network engineering, and the most important advice he can offer to new CIOs. The following Health System CIO podcast is brought to you by LK, a nationwide leader in healthcare connectivity. Decommission your legacy systems with LK Archive. All systems, all data, one consolidated solution. Retain 100% of your legacy data at 20% of the cost with LK Archive. For more information, visit lk.com. That's E-L-L-K-A-Y dot com. The part that you just talked about with clearing hurdles, that also kind of lends into another area, which is establishing relationships with other uh, leaders. And how did you approach that when yeah. you started your role and, and kind of how has that maybe evolved? This is actually probably my favorite topic to talk about with anyone because in this role, I would tell anyone, especially I was convinced of it myself very early on, being new to the role and being new to the role here as well, is establishing those relationships is probably the most important thing that you, you need to do. And the reason why I say probably, it's either number two, but I would definitely put it as uh, number one overall now that I think about it. And the reason is this. If you don't have the solid relationships with the rest of the team, you're not going to be able to do much. In this given role, the quote-unquote output that you're able to generate is much different than if I was an analyst or a manager or a tech. I need people's buy-in because we're ultimately going after completing some type of strategic initiative or major implementation where I'm obviously not going to do that myself. So if you don't have those relationships, that's not going to happen. And then what happens from there is then you're going to be viewed as a poor leader And ultimately, again, you're just not going to be part of the team. So the organization suffers as well because now a team member is kind of outside the loop. In Mm -hmm. my specific case, this is where I was fortunate having worked here prior. I knew the players, right? I didn't work with them at the same level or converse with them at the same level as I do now. But that relationship or at least the foundational pieces of it were already there. We had talked, they knew who I was and stuff like that. So it, it didn't take much to build upon that. But I will say this, though. In order to build those relationships, it goes back to a few things I mentioned already. And one is be transparent, manage expectations. And I can't stress this one enough either, is when you say you're going to do something, make sure you do it. Immediately, you gain credibility. And I think in the very early stages, uh, meaning first few months, it is critical, it is absolutely critical that you do those things well because when you do those well, now people have the trust in you. That helps build that strong relationship. And again, you're going to need those, otherwise you're not going to go anywhere. You probably won't go anywhere in most organizations, right? If you have half the team against you or uh, here comes this guy, yeah, he's going to say something crazy, we'll never see that, right? You're not going to yeah. get anywhere. Um, so oh, yeah, sure. my position was unique in that, again, I had previous relationships with the folks at a different level, obviously, but uh, it was easy to build from there. And I, I, I knew the culture, too, so kind of know the, the do's and the don'ts. Yeah, that, that certainly helps, I'm sure. And when you talked before about when you started with the organization, you said you were in the, the financial department at first? Well, the financial analyst that supported the okay. financial component of the EMR. Okay. 
so I am sure that that experience has paid off, just having you know, that type of knowledge. Oh, for sure. Having uh, come up in that path, I was very fortunate, now that I look back on it, to have that. Because even at that point, I knew the basics of, when I say basics, I mean basics of uh, the financial department. What do they look at? You know, what, what is important to them? You know, early on, I tried to be, and I continue to do this as well, is to be a sponge, ask questions and listen and try to understand why are we looking at this? What is the impact if the number is X compared to Y? And so, you know, I did that early on and got a a very good basic understanding of what that department was looking at, like I said. And then coupled with my schooling in college, I was a network engineer, so I had the technical components, the fundamentals there. And then now having jumped into that role after college into the financial analyst, you know, it was a good blend for me as I moved along in my career, my lens of IT and the business widened. Right? It wasn't just I, I knew infrastructure and I was really good at that and I didn't know anything else. And I was fortunate enough to get a good grasp of a lot of areas, which has been very beneficial. Another lesson there was, and I say this to anyone that will listen, is be an absolute sponge. Ask a million questions. And I was fortunate enough that I had people that were willing to answer my questions. Very, very important. Yeah, sure. Yeah, that's a big part of it. And another thing I wanted to make sure we touched on was that I saw in looking at your LinkedIn that process improvement is something that's important to you. And it's so interesting to me because it seems like an area where you're not making these huge sweeping changes, but you're making seemingly small changes that can really make a difference. And can you talk a little bit about what you've learned in that area? Yeah, well, I could uh, probably spend uh, a week on this one, too. It's very interesting to me because even when speaking with family and friends and they say, you know, isn't healthcare IT pretty crazy? And, wow, that, that's got to be so challenging, and obviously it is. Uh, but a lot of what we do on a daily basis are just a bunch of processes, and that's grossly simplifying it. But I think what comes naturally to most folks in IT is we look at things in that manner. We look at things as a process, right? I know if I do A, I know B is going to happen. If B happens, C should happen, right? We do that with troubleshooting. Every little thing is a process, and we know what the expected output should be. So kind of having that viewpoint ingrained in your own behavior or how you, you approach things, especially coming from IT, it actually pays a lot of dividends and benefits to jumping into other areas. I, I had opened with, uh, as the role wasn't really defined, that has afforded me the opportunity to bounce in other areas, right? So I've mm-hmm. jumped into length of stay committees, right? And why is that? Yeah. Because that's a process as well. You discharge, and then there's a new admit. The patient's got to go up to the floor. There's all these steps. And having that viewpoint of being able to break things down to the basics and then tie them together really allows you to take a step back and say, why is that taking so long? And then dive into that, right? Why is there such a gap between step three and step four? And let's look at that. Why is that happening? And to your point, it's not a sweeping change where you're, you're throwing the whole process upside down but you're really just fine-tuning each little piece. And at the end of the day, that might translate into a big outcome, but it's not one big swipe of the magic wand. So um, definitely stating the obvious is is being able to look at something that way, but I think it takes a certain type of person and a certain type of training to be able to sit back and dissect something into the core components and make sure that those really are the core components 
and then say, okay, this is where the focus should go for here. And we do that daily with an IT, right? We have uh, SLAs on almost everything. How long does it take for us to close our tickets? We monitor that. We have KPIs for everything, for the switchboard. How long does it take for them to answer the calls? How many abandoned calls do they have? And then why is that? The natural question is why, if we see a spike. Uh, why? So much of what we do, almost everything that we do, I feel, is a process from my standpoint. Yeah, interesting. The, the last thing I would ask is, Having gone through what you did about a year and a half or so later, if you were to give any advice to someone who is starting a CIO role, <laughs> I know this is probably a tough question, but is there anything that sticks out to you as kind of what I wish I had known? Um, I'm going to say yes. And actually, this has come into play, actually. I've, I've been fortunate to have some friends that are new to the role themselves uh, since I've started. And it goes right back to the topic we discussed at length, and that's building the relationships. Um, mm-hmm. I came into it yeah. knowing that that was something I wanted to do. And in my head, I had said, yeah, that's really important. Obviously not experiencing it, but being in the role for that year and a half really has solidified just how important that is. That is literally the very first thing that I would say is the most important. So would I have done something totally different? No, uh, but it really reaffirmed just how important that is. It is so critical to build the trust with the team, not just the executive team, obviously your own team. That, that would be the number one, no questions asked, this is what you need to do, and, and maintain that too. I mean, it's easy to, I don't, well, I don't want to say it's easy, uh, I don't want it to seem as though you have that relationship and now you're golden and you're going to knock it out of the park for you know however long you're there. You've got to maintain that. And that comes with a lot of struggles too. I think the other piece that I would say that I've learned is that it is okay to have that very tough conversation with someone, right? If you have another leader that's saying, yeah, I, I don't want to do this and I'm not going to do this and you know, you're not going to convince me otherwise. And that's fair. But you need to stick to your beliefs and say, like, well, here's what happens if we don't do that, right? And, and really yeah. be not a salesman but translator for IT. The rest of the leaders don't know protocols, and they shouldn't. That's not their role. That's my role to know that but be able to convey it. And if we don't do X, Y, Z, here's the impact to you. And this is why it's important. And you're going to have those tough discussions. So not to take it personal. You know, keep business here because there's going to be a time, obviously, that you're not going to see eye to eye on certain things. But to know, you know when to pick your spots and when to really go full throttle for something and when to say, okay, I'll back off of this one a little bit. But if there comes a time where I need you know, X, Y, Z and there's just no question, I'm going to need your support. So that, that has been a big piece, I would say, that I've learned, right? So I definitely have confirmed the relationships, but uh, definitely have learned that piece. And that, that's a big yeah. piece. Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. I think that the instinct of a lot of people when, when you start a new role, especially a leadership role, you don't want to seem like you have to rely on everyone else. You want to go in there and, and uh, show that you're capable. But I think it's so important to be able to not just lean on other people, but, you know, really establish that trust in those relationships right from the get-go. For sure. The relationships help you facilitate what you're trying to carry out and also what the other team may be carrying out, right? Again, there's going to be times where you just might have a difference in opinion, and, and that's fine. And sometimes those are the healthiest of conversations I've learned. And out of that, obviously, there's everyone has a different style, but I have learned so much by literally just sitting there, not getting excited, and just listening. Right. We shouldn't do this, and this is why. And you know, they go on their 10-minute spiel as to why something feels so passionately about. 
And then when you start to get understanding where they're coming from, you might then be able to say like, oh, this is why they're being so defensive with this. I get this. But they don't see that ABC would actually solve that. So I guess it's another thing, kind of a subset lesson of that would be, don't be so instinctive and immediate. Well, you have to listen to me on this. You have to sit back. It's okay. Be the calm, collective mm-hmm. one. Listen, hear, and understand where they're coming from because they actually might be giving you the answer that you need in order to get to where you want to, where you want yeah. to go. So. I think that's a big thing. I'm sure we've all seen some people that uh, react very quickly. And, but if you can, just sit back and listen. Usually you're going to find a good middle ground, if not exactly where you need to go. I would add that in there too. Yeah, yeah, definitely. All right. Well, I could certainly talk to you for longer, but I think that that should about wrap it up for now. Um, I would certainly like to follow up you know, in the near future to see how things are going, but thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. No, no, thank you. Thank you for the opportunity. It was a, a great pleasure uh, uh, talking to you. Thank you for listening to this podcast from healthsystemcio.com. To hear other podcasts, visit our website or subscribe to our account in iTunes at healthsystemcio.com backslash podcast.